God cannot lie, his word must surely come. come to pass. It must come to pass because he's not a man. God cannot lie, his word must surely come to pass. It must come to pass because he's not a man. Behold, Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. Jehovah. Amen. Amen. Our God cannot lie. Yes, he can't lie. Therefore, his word must surely come to pass. Amen. So it's up to us whether we're going to believe the word or we're going to believe the devil. Amen. Because God is altogether true. Yes, yes. All right. Let's go to Psalm 95, first and foremost, before we go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Uh, just by way of uh, full disclosure, full disclosure, I have no no notes, so I'm counting <laughs> on all of you to have your notes so that I can I can take down my notes from you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do you all agree on that? Wait, just wave at me if you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, so we we're going to look at uh, Psalm 95 because it provides a backdrop for Hebrews chapter four, and really. It says here from verse 3, um, well, I guess I'll read from verse 1. It's pretty short. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like our God. In his hand are the deep Places of the earth, the height, the height and the strength of the, heat of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Verse 6, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker in reverent praise and supplication. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as at Meribah and as at Massa in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tried my patience and tested me, proved me and saw my work. For 40 years long, I was grieved and disgusted with that generation. And I said, it is a people that, that do err in their hearts and they, do, and they do not approve, acknowledge or regard my ways. Wherefore, I swore in my wrath that they would not enter into my rest the land of promise. So he said, these people, they saw his miracles, they saw 
him at work in their in their situations in their lives, and they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, you know listen and do what he says. Therefore, he said, "Okay, since that is what you want, I you know when we start this uh, series, we 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 went to ex, um, Numbers uh, 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 in uh, chapter thirteen, where he said in verse two, you know, to go and see the land that is given them." He said, Moses sent spies to go see the land. And so uh, they went, and in verse 33 of Numbers 13, you know, they, they came back with, uh, uh, with a lie. I guess that would be a big lie today. And, uh, and they said, the land which we went to see, you know, flows with milk and honey. But, you know, guess what? We saw the Nephilim, and the Nephilim, they said, was... Or they saw that them that they were like grasshoppers in the eyes of the Nephilims and the Anakites. Um, because they felt they, you know, that's what they felt. They said, and we were grasshoppers in our own eyes. And they never talked to these people that claimed thought that they were they were they were grasshoppers. And they had that picture, and with the picture that the enemy painted for them by the mere side of the people. They verbalize it and therefore refuse to believe God. They, they now uh, abandon what God told them and decide to believe a lie. And so the Bible says here, God says, because they are proven, you know, because if you go and check Exodus 17, you know, temptation at, at uh, 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 complaining about water and all that, and, and God gave them water and they were still complaining. And still murmuring, murmuring and complaining our sins before God. And God said, Okay, you don't want to enter the promised land, and you're not going to do, do so. So he said that they refused to believe his word, therefore, they will not enter into his rest. You see, he that believes enters into the rest of God. Amen. Amen. What is belief? To believe God is to agree with God. To believe God is to accept what is offering you. To believe God is to admit into your spirit that which you have agreed with him about. Because when you believe, the Bible says you receive. Because to believe is to receive. And we see that in John chapter 1. Uh, verse 11 and 12, it says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. As many as did, as, as did receive him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, as many as believe in him. So you see, when you believe, you receive. When you believe, you receive. So they did not believe what God gave them, even though he sent them to go and see the gift he had for them. Because they didn't believe it, even though they went and saw the land, they couldn't enter because they did not receive what he gave them. Let me say that again. So they went to go and spy out the land. This is the land I've given you. God doesn't say, this is the land I will give you. That's English. Because in the Hebrew language, there's no future tense. This is the land I give you. Or this is the land I've given you. And they went and they saw the land. 
they brought back the, the, the fruits of the land, the grapes, you know, were pretty big and you had to carry them on a, on, a, on, a, on a pole. And yet they said they were grasshoppers and the land devised the inhabitants. Now, if, if you think about that statement, they actually saw people in the land and yet they said the land devised its inhabitants. So that means that they had paid so much attention to the devil that the things that were coming from their mouth, they couldn't even, you know, explain why. You go to a place, you see people living in the place, you say, but the place, you know, the land just eats up the people that are there. Now, it wasn't told that they took a, a, a population of the place before, and now when they went there, they found the population was reduced. There was nothing like that. They just said what they had opened their hearts to because they saw the giants and now circumstance has defeated them. They were now opening their mouth and speaking what the enemy wanted them to say. The land devised inhabitants. They said they were like grasshoppers in their own eyes. Just think about that. By their speech, they prevented themselves from entering the land. God said, I offer you a free gift. You refuse to accept. Then you cannot enter. You know, when you read that Hebrews chapter 4, you find that, you know, we talk about always, today if you hear his voice, we use it for, for salvation message. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And that is true. But what the Lord is trying to get us to see is that there's more to that passage than just, okay, Jesus, you're my Lord, I'm coming to the kingdom. Every time you see the word and you receive the word, you enter into God's rest. Amen. Because you're saying, I accept what you offer me. And, uh, but if you refuse, or you say, okay, I accept it now, all of a sudden the devil shows up and says, oh, oh, oh. Say, ah, no, I'm not taking that. I don't think I... Uh. No, 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 stop the panic. Don't do that to yourself. It's, you know, the enemy, his job is to try and say, I can stop you. Your job is to tell him, listen, you're too late. Let me say that again. The enemy's job is to try and say, I can stop you. Your job is to tell him he is too late. Amen. He's too late because Amen. why is he late? He is coming after you have heard from God. The devil doesn't come before you hear from God. He comes after. And so when you now, when the devil shows up, you now live, you forget what you had. And now, now you're jumping around, getting all messed up and mixed up because of what the enemy, because the enemy has shown up. Why is he showing up? Because you're important. Yeah, you never thought about that. It means you're important in God's economy. He says, oh, this one, if I let this one, I'm in trouble. So today, we're going to go into this again, talking about entering into God. So if you want to call it part three, you can call it part three, but we're going to enter into this rest. Amen. Amen.
You see, the Bible says here, in Hebrews chapter 4, I'll read verse, verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest. In accordance with his declaring that those who do, do not believe should not enter, when he said, I have sworn my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this is said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. You see, he already packaged this thing ready for them. And then when it was time, he told them, listen, the land is yours. Because he said, he had prepared this before the foundation of the world. At, the, at creation, he already stipulated that the land is going to be theirs. And he came and told them, and they said, well, yeah, you told us so, but you don't know. You don't know because we went there. We see it for ourselves. So now when God speaks to you, he already sees the future before he told you. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> you see in verse 4, it says, for in a certain place, he said this about the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. I like this one. God rested from all his works. What kind of work did God do? He created the earth, right? He created the universe in Genesis chapter 1. What did he do? He spoke, right? And what we call miracles, God calls work. And I found that his work was too easy. So, you know, it looks so easy. Just speak and go to sleep. Mm. The Bible says, you know, he created the earth and the sixth day he finished and seventh day he rested. And when we look at the creation, we start from Genesis chapter one. It says, you know, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was what? Over the face of the deep. And, and, and the spirit of God was brooding over the waters. And God said, light be, verse 3, and light is. And every time God spoke, it happened. Every time God spoke, it happened. And the Bible says in verse, you know, after, uh, uh, you know, uh, in chapter um, 2, uh, sorry, at the end of chapter 1, he said, he finished, he rested. So we'll come back to that. The works of God. The works of God. All right, verse 6 says, And seeing that the promise remains over from past times for some to enter that rest, and that those who were formerly given the good news about it and the opportunity failed to, uh, failed to appropriate it and did not enter because of disobedience. To appropriate the promise of God is to claim it exclusively as, as, as it is for you only. Mm. You claim that thing exclusively as if it's yours only. Okay? When you claim it, and I claim it, there is no struggle for you still mine. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So God can, you know, he can't say by stripes I'm healed. And I can say by stripes I'm healed. Then you say, well, you know, you, got, you took my healing, therefore I can't have mine. No, that's not. God doesn't operate in selfishness. Amen? Amen. All right, so verse 7 says, For it sets a definite date, a new day today, and gives another opportunity of securing the rest, saying, Through David and 
David, after so long a time, in the words already quoted, today, if you would hear his voice, when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. All right. <clears throat> so then, verse 9, they're still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. Okay, I'll come back to that. Let's keep going. For he who has once entered God's rest also ceased from the weariness of pain and, and of human labors, just as God rested from labors peculiarly his own. So God spoke and God rested. God spoke and God rested. Because when he spoke, he was doing his work. Amen. God spoke and God rested. Why did God speak and God rest? Why is it that we speak, we don't rest? All right. He said, he spoke, he completed, he rested. He said, for he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness of pain of human labors just as God rested from those labors. God spoke and God rested. Well, let me keep going because we'll see why he rested. So that we can learn from him and see how we can enter into his rest. Verse 11 says, let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently diligently to enter the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief or disobedience to which those in the wilderness fell. So the, the people that fell in the wilderness who died, remember, those above 20 had to, had to, had to go because they heard the word. They even went and saw the land but they choose to allow circumstance to deprive them, or they were to use that to deprive them of their inheritance. You do not let the devil use circumstance to deprive you of your inheritance. You do not let the devil use what you see, the storm is tearing up and tick up to make, to deprive you of your inheritance. Because they heard, they saw, but they choose to believe a lie. What they did not know that was that the, the, the giants were walking dead. The giants in Numbers 13 that they saw were walking dead. Because when God spoke, it was over. When God said, I'll give you the land, that was it. Why is that so? Why is it that when God speaks, God enters into a rest? Remember, when God speaks, he's doing, he's doing his work. When God speaks, that's, you know, that's God working. But this thing that he, he gave them, it wasn't a question of the fact that, oh, okay, you woke up, all right, and give me a promised land. No, he said this thing was prepared from the foundation of the world. It wasn't something that was by accident. But then at, his, at a point in time that he came out of Egypt, he told them, look, I'm giving you this land. All he's saying is, listen, this is what I've already made provision for you. I want you to come along with me so that I can take you there. This is what I have provided for you. I want you to come along with me, come into agreement with me. Believe me so I can take you there because I am the one who goes before you. I'm the one who marches with you. I'm your rear guard. I am with you. What does it mean? I overshadow you with my glory. I'm walking beside you to take you there. Amen. 
So then, he says, I've got his book arrested. And then he says, we must be zealous and exert ourselves and strive to enter into the rest. Now, basically, he's not saying to struggle to enter into that rest, but to hold on to that word and don't let go. Hold on to that word and don't let go. Because, you see, he says, for the word that God speaks is alive, it is full of power. The word that he speaks is alive, it is full of power. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two edges of penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Exposing, sifting, analyzing, enjoying the very thoughts and purpose of the heart. And not a creature exists as conceived from his sight, but all things are open and exposed, naked and defined before the eyes of him when we have to do. He said, listen, when we see that God speaks and enter, you know, finishes his work, enter into rest, he released what his word. And he tells us that this word is full of power. It's active, it's operative, it's energizing. This word is self-fulfilling. So once God releases his word, the work is done because the word will fulfill what God said. The word will do what God said because in, 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 in um, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. So you see why God enters into rest because the God is releasing his word from his mouth. And of course, the, those words that he releases are living words and the living word is Jesus. <laughs> so you see this thing, you know, almost like a circular thing. You see, going here, a full cycle. Moreover, Jeremiah 1, 11 to 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? I said, I see a branch, a branch or shoot of an almond tree. Oh. The emblem of alertness and activity blowing in late winter. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well for I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. He said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? The word of the Lord comes to us this day saying, what do you see? Are you seeing obstacles? Or are you seeing God's glory? Are you seeing the power? Are you seeing obstacles? Or are you seeing the miracle that God has already spoken to you about? What do you see? Are you seeing the problems the enemy is throwing at you to prevent you from holding on to the promise of God, the word that God gives you? Or are you seeing that this word that you heard is the word that says, is the word that is full of power, is the word that is active, is the word that is operative, is the word that is self-fulfilling? Because it says, I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. You see, and then when Jeremiah told God what he saw, he said, I have, you have seen well, for that which you see is what I perform. What you see is what God performs. What you see is what God performs. Now, somebody said, well, to see with my naked eyes. Yeah, that could be part of it. But your spirit man must take hold of what God has given you. You must have that image clear in your, in your heart that this is what God says about me. This is what God said about my situation. I must have a correct and accurate image of what God is showing me, of what God is telling me. 
because when I hold on to that, that word that contains what I see, that word that contains what is spoken to me, must come to pass because it says, I am alert and active, watch over my word to perform it. So then when I hold on to that word, I enter into God's rest because I've accepted what he said about me. Now, what, lose gospel chapter one, lose gospel chapter one. Now, what else will I have to do? What else will I have to know to convince me that this thing must happen? Because I must be convinced. I must have that conviction in me that nothing will stop this word from coming to pass because God spoke it and entered into his rest. He entered into his rest because this word is alive. This word is full of power. And in fact, in Luke 137, it says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible fulfillment. So then, when God gives you a word, he expects you to take this one and run with it. Because he says, listen, when you hold on to this word, you enter into my rest. This thing must come to pass because you see well what I'm showing you. It must come to pass because I have spoken it. And the Bible says in Psalm 33, he says there, and he speaks, and it is, and he commands, and he stands fast. So Psalm 33, I believe it's verse 9, if I'm not mistaken, but let me just be sure. Psalm 33, yes, for verse 9, for he spoke, and it is, he commands, and he stands fast. Once God speaks, it is established. And he said, he finished everything on, by creation. So now he comes to announce you, here is what I want to bring, bring to pass. The enemy comes and says, well, it's not so. Now listen, when you heard God, there was no argument. When you heard God speak to you, there was no argument. So when the enemy When the enemy came thereafter, when the enemy came thereafter, why is it showing me? Four percent remaining. When the enemy came thereafter, when the enemy came thereafter, he must know that it's already late. Let me say that again. Okay, hear this. Every child that God has blessed you with, bless us with, is every child arrives with a promise. Every child arrives with a promise from God. I'm speaking to parents right now. And for you, young people, hear me too, you come with a promise. Anything the enemy tells you about that child that is contrary to what God has ordained for that child, you don't accept it. I say, why do, you, why do I know? Okay, you don't, you don't know what the Lord said to me about my child. Why do I? He said, children are a blessing from the Lord. Amen. Okay? And the fruit of woman reward. So that tells me that there's no child that God has given to me or you that is not going to be a blessing. The enemy might hop and puff. You've got to have to hold on to God and say, Lord, you said my son, my daughter is a blessing. Amen. Because you said so, 
Therefore, he or she is a blessing. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you gotta hear that now. Because you see, it's already been written. And if it's already written, it is so. Amen. And what makes it so in your life when you say it is so? That sounds like a, I say, if it's already written, it is so. Amen. And if God says so, you got to say so, that it is so. Amen. Because remember when Jesus was tempted in Matthew 4, Luke chapter 4, he told the devil, it is written. He said, that which has already been written, you can't change it. Amen. That which has already been spoken, you can alter it. Amen. Why? I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. No word from me shall be without power or impossible fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, but it's been rough, I know. But one thing I know that after being perfected, and maybe I went to sleep, when I wake up, like Samson, not, not, not to the level that Samson finished and died, <laughs> but wake up and say, Lord, you know, one more. Give me, give me, give me an opportunity to prove you. Amen. He gives me the opportunity to prove him. Amen. So he says we have to enter into his rest. Why? Because his word has self-fulfilling power. He said, "Not a creature exists." Now, verse thirteen is very important. Not a creature exists that is conceived from inside, but all things are open and naked. The devil and his gang are open, naked, and defenseless before the eyes of him. We don't have to do it. You know, there's no obstacle that is that is so big that will not crumble in the presence of the word of God, the Rema word of God. That is, you take this word, why is the one spoken to you? He wants, of course, whatever it says to you must be word-based. You make this your own. It becomes a living word that, that, that speaks to you. It says, everything is naked, defenseless before the eyes of him. We don't have to do it. Every word that God gives you, whatever opposition comes against it, is already been led by overthrown and it cannot stand. Amen. It cannot stand because God spoke it to you. Amen. Amen. It can't stand because God spoke it to you. Then he says in 14, in as much, much then as we have a great high priest who is already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Don't change your confession like the Israelites did in Numbers 13. He didn't put Numbers 13 there. Don't change your confession as Israelites did in Numbers 13. Amen? Amen. Hold on to that word because the word must surely come to pass. Hallelujah. It says in verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand, sympathize, and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liabilities and all sorts of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to... Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Seke. 
In the name of Jesus, Sister Grace, you are made whole. Right now, take it. You are made whole now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I praise you. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. You are made whole. I just heard that from the Holy Ghost. I say you are made whole. Check yourself out. You are made whole by the power, by the power of God. I thank you, Lord, for your glory. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your glory. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He said, Lord, us fearlessly and boldly drawn near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-time help coming just when we need it. Listen, it's a merciful God. Well, I started and I blew it. It's made room for cause correction. Lord, I repent, I believe, forgive me. I take all of that word. Reassert your faith in that word. Reassert your faith by agreeing and speaking what God says about you. And be thanking God and not letting go. Because you have chosen that this word that was spoken to me, this word that I found in the Bible has come alive in my spirit. It is my Rema word, it is a quickened word of God to me, and with it, I see the I see God's glory. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. Thank you all for your goodness and mercy. Thank you all for your goodness and mercy. Thank you all for your goodness and mercy. We enter into your rest. That the children you bless us with are a blessing from you. We refuse to worry about them. We repent of worry. We say, forgive us. We enter into your rest, O God, that the children you bless us with are a blessing. And because they are a blessing, they they become a blessing that you made them. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, Satan, take your hands off of our children. Take your hands off of their destinies. In the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke you. We say, let go now in the name of Jesus. Father, this day I thank you. For each and every child you bless us with is a blessing. And they fulfill their destinies in you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, we praise you. Thank you, we praise you. We enter into your rest. By your stripes we are healed. I thank you, Lord. Yes, we enter into your rest. That which you've spoken to us, you bring to pass. Because you say in, in, in Genesis 28, verse 16, that you will not leave us until you bring to pass that which you've spoken to us. I thank you, Lord, because you're a covenant keeper. I thank you, Lord, you watch your way to perform it. I thank you, Lord, you've spoken over us, and so it is. Therefore, we are firm. We are firm this day that each and every one of us will, will fulfill your, des- your, your destiny for our lives. We are firm this day that we walk in perfect health. We affirm this day that your word that you've spoken to us, you've brought to pass. I thank you, Lord. With long life, you satisfied us and showed us your salvation. We thank you, Father, for raising us, Sister Sherry. We thank you, Lord, 
for the wholeness of, 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 of Sister Louise. We thank you, Lord, for the wholeness of uh, Bob. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your name. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of adoration. You are worthy of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Forever you are a king. Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda. Maraba Korobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda Rama Korobo Soto. Mama Sakaraba Sekenama Soto. Brene Mokondorobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda. Maraba Korobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda Rama Korobo Soto. Ah, Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Seke. Maraba Korobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda. Ye Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Seke. Brene Mokondorobo Sekaraba Kina Makanda Rama Korobo Seke. Ah, we thank you, we praise you. We thank you, we praise you. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Seke. Maraba 